Welcome to Vet Zone, where passion for animals, science, and medicine lives. What Johnson Grass, Frankenstein, and Nazis have in common. At the dawn of the 18th century, in a small Berlin laboratory, a dye maker used a contaminated ingredient and stumbled upon a discovery that would change the world. Heinrich Dieschbach shared his lab with a brilliant but obsessed scientist named Johann Conrad Dippel, who resorted to grave robbing to pursue his dream of bringing the dead back to life. Dippel created different elixirs which he used in these gruesome experiments. As a child, Dippel grew up in a castle overlooking the city of Darmstadt, Germany. When making some common dye, Dieschbach used some discarded potash which had been laced with bone oil, an elixir of life from the doctor from Frankenstein Castle. Mary Shelley would later visit this castle two years before writing her novel Frankenstein. Instead of the dye's intended red hue, the new mixture bore a striking blue color. With the process being inexpensive and the dye stable and resistant to light, Dieschbach recognized the magnitude of this discovery, and it led to an artistic explosion of blue fever that rippled throughout Europe and Asia. While bone oil, or dipple oil, does not give humans immortality directly, it provides it posthumously in paintings such as Hokusai's The Great Wave off Kanagawa or Van Gogh's Starry Night. We know this dye as Prussian blue. Almost 70 years later, a Swedish chemist discovered that prussic acid could be made from the Prussian blue dye. We call this corrosive liquid hydrogen cyanide, or simply cyanide. Currently, over a hundred different names for this compound exist, which is strange since only three single atoms comprise this molecule, carbon, nitrogen, and hydrogen. While originally identified as a pesticide, World War I witnessed the dabbling of this deadly poison to exterminate human life. Then, in World War II, under the name of Zyklon B, cyanide took an infamous reputation for its use in mass murder in the concentration camps such as Auschwitz-Birkenau and Majdanek. While man wasted no time in turning beauty into horror, cyanide has been living this double life of inspiring life and removing it for billions of years. In fact, cyanide may have been a crucial ingredient in the origin of life. We witness cyanide throughout the cosmos, and when mixed with copper under UV light, it can form simple sugars, such as the building blocks of RNA. Genetic material likely began as RNA. This is not that surprising since we realize that most organic material is built from carbon, nitrogen, and hydrogen. Thus, having one of each in a simple molecule, the recipe for cyanide occurs naturally in various plants. Have you ever eaten tapioca pudding? The word tapioca comes from the Tupi language meaning squeezed out, which refers to the process of removing cyanide from the cassava root. Without this processing, tapioca is naturally deadly to us. Something to think about the next time you are drinking boba tea. Goats and other livestock are also at risk of cyanide poisoning. 
When cherry tree leaves fall to the ground, cyanide becomes released during the wilting process. The fallen green to yellow leaves represent the greatest danger. Since the process of cyanide release involves the production of sugar, the leaves taste sweet. Once fully dry, the cyanide has evaporated. Other related tree species, such as peaches and plums, also bear this risk. Other plants can vary in their level of cyanide. The grasses from the sorghum genus, Sudan, Johnson, sorghum, etc., build up cyanide when stressed from environmental changes such as freezing. Fresh sprouts shortly after a heavy frost are considered high risk. If concerned about a pasture, a producer can have a forage analysis. In some cases, the cyanide levels can be dealt with simply by pre-feeding goats with dry forage before letting goats onto pasture. When the levels are very high, the producer may ensile the field's grasses. The process of ensiling removes the harmful cyanide and allows the producer to feed silage and minimize costs. With thousands of different plant species containing cyanide, using your local resources, such as a local county extension agent, can be helpful. The USDA has a webpage that categorizes poisonous plants by toxic syndrome, and the link is available at myvetzone.com. Since cyanide has existed before life on Earth and has varying levels in many plant species, we must be aware of the risks. By knowing which local plant species commonly contain cyanide and which produce it under stress conditions, we can protect our livestock. With our animals safe, we can sit back with a large bowl of tapioca pudding and contemplate the better uses of cyanide while gazing at Van Gogh's Starry Night. Thank you for listening. Thank you.